Aloha, this is Pastor Perry, and I want to thank you for joining us online to study the Word of God together. We pray that you will be blessed as the Holy Spirit ministers to you through this message and through God's Word. Good morning, church family, again. Our scripture reading this morning is in the book of Hebrews. It's chapter 2, verse 1. Again, it's Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. I'll give you a second to find that in your Bible or on your smartphone. The verse reads, For this reason we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away from it. Taylor, thank you so much for doing our reading. The President of the United States has called today a National Day of Prayer. He asked us to pray for ourselves, our nation, and the world. It's a humble man that realizes that he can't fix a problem and needs help. And we need the Lord's help in this crisis. So I'd like to ask you to join with me as you pray and, and seek the Lord. Let's pray. Almighty God, our help comes from you and from you alone. And Lord, we are reminded of our frailty, of our weakness, that we are but dust. And Lord, that we need you. So we cry out to you. We cry out to you for our families. We cry out to you for our states. We cry out to you for our nation and our nation's leaders. We cry out to you for our world. And we pray, Lord, that you would intervene and rescue us and save us from this virus. Lord, we pray that as we partner with you, that you would give us your wisdom, your guidance, and the best courses of actions to take, Lord. We pray that during this time, people that have been distracted by other things would have time to think about their relationship to you and how that is essential and that that is the most important. Lord, we pray that you would be glorified even in the most difficult times, even the hardest times, that you would comfort us, Lord, that you would fill us with hope, with true hope that's based on a relationship with you. Lord, as we look into your word together around the world, we ask that you would speak by the power of the Holy Spirit through your word and through me for the glory of Jesus Christ. And we ask all these things in the name which is above every name, the name Jesus. Amen. A couple weeks ago, I had a papa daughter date with Taylor, and we went out surfing to White Plains Beach. And someone asked me, Well, how was the surf? And the best thing I could say was the water was wet, the wind was windy, and the waves were wavy. It was less than spectacular surfing conditions, but we were having fun surfing and talking and enjoying ourselves, and we kind of didn't notice that we were drifting down the beach. And when it got time to come in, I caught a wave, and we had drifted over 50 yards down the beach, and the wave brought me right over a coral reef. And I struggled to come in, and after a gash on my arm and a stubbed little toe that turned purple quickly, I called out to Taylor, and I waved her off and told her to paddle against the current 50 yards back to where we had come in. Drifting happens when you're not paying attention. 
And it can be inconvenient. It can be even dangerous, depending on the situation. And when it comes to a person's relationship with God, drifting is something that can be dangerous. And you may not even realize it that you have drifted away from God. We're starting a new series today that I picked before I knew we'd be doing this electronically. And it's a series that's following up our series on the indicators of your health. And it's called Six Dangers to Avoid. Six dangers to avoid if you want to stay healthy. And originally, this was going to be done in three sermons. And then I realized I needed to do in two sermons. I mean, I needed to spread it out, and it's going to be more sermons. And I was going to cover three points today, and then I was going to cover two points. And now I'm down to covering one point, and I hope it doesn't become pointless. But we have one point today that I want to teach. Everyone on the planet has a relationship with God of some sort. Even the atheist has a relationship with God. The atheist has a relationship with a non-existent God, so they think. The agnostic, who's confused about whether God exists, also has a relationship with God. And their relationship is one where they just feel distant with God. They're not really sure about God. And it's really hard to have a good relationship when you are distant with someone or when you don't believe someone is even part of your life. And then there are the Christians who strive to have a vibrant living relationship with God. And all people have a relationship with God. Some relationships are brilliant. Some are bothersome. Some are perhaps bad. But everyone has a relationship of some sort with God. Some people do all they can to foster a good relationship with God. Others don't pay any effort in having a relationship with God. And other people struggle back and forth with their relationship with God. And the current coronavirus pandemic is exposing people's relationship with God. Because it is in the face of crisis that one's relationship with God often becomes the most pronounced. Sometimes blaming God for cancer or car accidents or coronavirus or perhaps trusting God when there's cancer or a car accident or coronavirus, or maybe just totally ignoring that God is even part of the process when we have cancer or a car accident or coronavirus. Our English word crisis, you'll be happy to know, is a transliteration of the Greek word krisis. And krisis is a Greek word that, among other things, means decision. It means choosing. In our English word which we pronounce crisis, is used in the medical field to mean turning point. One definition says crisis is the turning point of a disease when an important change takes place, indicating either recovery or death, good or bad, crisis. By this definition, by itself, is not good or bad. Crisis creates opportunities for both good and bad. In light of the current coronavirus crisis, the same is also true. There are good opportunities and there are bad opportunities given this crisis. In China, where we first saw the virus, Christians have opened up their homes to house people of a people group who are rejected and fleeing from quarantine cities, and Christians said, you can stay with us. 
In China, Christians have taken to the streets to hand out face masks and gospel tracts. They have been broadcasting encouraging messages and messages from the word from their balconies, things that in the past would have been against the law and attracted police attention. Perhaps you've heard that the Chinese word for crisis is made up of two Chinese characters. One Chinese character signifying danger and the other character signifying opportunity. Senator John F. Kennedy made this reference popular in 1959 when he was running for president. He talked about crisis, danger, and opportunity. Chinese linguists prefer a more accurate translation of the Chinese, saying it actually means danger and changing point. But the point is the same. A crisis offers both good and bad opportunities for us. In writing to first century Jews who had come to believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah and were therefore being persecuted by their fellow Jews who had rejected Jesus Christ, the author of the book of Hebrews, whose name we don't know, throughout the book gives us six dangers in our relationship to God to avoid when we're under persecution, when we're going through difficult times. And they get progressively worse in his warnings. Six dangers, and we're going to look at the first one in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. Writing to people who were suffering a crisis, were being persecuted. He writes in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1, For this reason we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift from it. We're going to talk about the first danger, and the first danger is this, the danger of drifting away. The danger of drifting away. When you're not paying attention to something, you tend to drift, and it can have disastrous results. We all have said or heard someone say something like this, well, the other driver wasn't paying attention and just drifted over into my lane. Or I have just drifted apart from my spouse over the years. Or if you're a surfer, we drifted away from the lineup because of the current. And drifting is a natural result of not paying attention. Whether it's failure to pay attention to your driving or your marriage or your relationship to God, and if you find yourself far from God, guess who it is that drifted? And guess who it is that needs to come back? Now, Here's the odd thing, but important thing about today and, and this message. We want you to distance yourself physically from one another, to stay safe, while making sure at the same time you're staying really, really close in your relationships to God and one another. We may not to be, be together physically, but we've got to make sure we don't drift away spiritually, relationally, and emotionally from God and one another. I have never met a Christian who has fallen away from God, the kind that the Bible calls fleshly or, or carnal. I have never met such a person who, after years of following God and living a wonderful Christian life, one day woke up and said, huh, it's a new week. I think I'll ruin my life. 
We don't do that. It starts with drifting. Whether you're a new Christian or someone who's been a Christian a long time, there is a danger of drifting away from your relationship with God. And that's what our writer is writing about. No relationship improves through neglect. Mary, not her real name, visited our church one Sunday. And afterwards, she asked if she could have an appointment with me to meet. And so we met in my office, and Mary was telling me her story. And she said, I grew up in the Christian church. I went to Sunday school. I was a Christian. But something happened at church that kind of drove me away. And so I left church, and I drifted away from God. And she said, then I I started to smoke. I started to drink heavily. I started to smoke marijuana. I then came became confused about my gender preferences, confused about my relationship to God. And I was wondering, is it okay if I attend your church? What would you have told her? I leaned forward and looked Mary in the eyes, and I said, Mary, you are just the kind of person we want at our church. We want people that have drifted away. We want people that need mercy. We want people that recognize they can't do it without God. The church is not a place where you come because you are perfect. It's a church, it's a place where you come because you recognize you're not. You need God and you need others. Drifting should be avoided because it's harmful and dangerous, but it's not something that you can't recover from. Just paddle back. Just return to the lineup. Just recognize that you need God and he loves you, so come back. Your relationship with God is like any other relationship. It starts with the beginning. And a relationship with God starts with the beginning where you recognize you need God and you cry out to him. You've come to recognize that Jesus Christ died for your sins that you need sins forgiven, that Jesus Christ offers you eternal life, he offers you heaven, and you cry out and you say, save me, or something to that extent, and he does. And your relationship with God grows like any other relationship through time spent together, talking, sharing, saying sorry when you've messed up. And it grows by expressing your love and your gratitude to God. The first danger is a danger of drifting away. But there's a remedy, and it's in our text. And the remedy is pay attention. It says in Hebrews 2.1, For this reason we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away. Pay attention. The surfer who pays attention paddles back against the current and stays in the lineup. The driver who focuses on driving and not texting stays in their lane. The couple who pays attention to their marriage does little marital tune-ups so they don't drift apart. And the Christian who pays attention doesn't drift away from God. But what does a Christian pay attention to? Our text tells us. It says, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard. Well, what had they heard? Chapter 1, verse 1 of Hebrews. They had heard about Jesus. 
Hebrews 1.1 says God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers, the Old Testament saints, in the prophets, the Jewish prophets, in many portions or times or ways, in these last days has spoken to us in his Son, Jesus Christ, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. This verse tells us we're in the last days. And we've been in the last days since the first coming of Christ, and we'll be in them until his return and the second coming. We are in the last days. And although the Jewish people had heard about God from the prophets, there came a time where God showed up in the flesh. And his name is Jesus. And he showed up God in the flesh. And it tells us that this Jesus is God. It says here, he was appointed heir of all things. He's the king. Through whom also he made the world. He is the creator He's no mere mortal man. He is also simultaneously God. And in the Sunday school lesson going through with our kids, they're learning about this, that Jesus is man and God. is called the hypostatic union. Right, Pastor Pete? Verse 3 of Hebrews 1 says, And he, Jesus, is the radiance of his glory, of the Father's glory, and the exact representation of his nature. Exact representation. Representation, another beautiful Greek word. Karakter. We get the word character from it. Character. It means exact likeness. Jesus is God. He's the heir of all things to whom also he made the world. He's the radiance of his glory, the exact representation of his nature, and he upholds all things by the word of his power. Our physical world is all made up of atoms. And if you remember your high school science, you know that there are protons, neutrons, and electrons. And the protons are those positive things in the nucleus, and the neutrons are the neutral things in the nucleus, and electrons are the things that go around it. Well, science tells us that the protons, because they're positive, should repel each other. And I quote, they should blow the nucleus apart. So why don't they? Well, scientists don't know, but they call it the strong force holds everything together. If these protons did what they should do, they should blow apart, everything should blow apart. But they don't because of what the scientists call a strong force, a natural force. The scripture says it's a supernatural force. Jesus holds all things together, is what the scripture says. And the physical creation gives us a physical object lesson of spiritual truth on the very nature of God. And we don't want to miss it. Jesus holds all things together, physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally. And in any crisis, cancer, car accidents, or coronavirus, your relationship with Jesus is what will keep you from falling apart. Don't drift away. Pay attention to Jesus in any crisis because he is the one who upholds all things by the word of his power. More than ever, our world needs Jesus. More than ever, you and I need Jesus. The world may be out of control or look that way to us, but Jesus is not. So talk to him. Trust him. And tell others about Jesus. Avoid the danger of drifting away. Pay attention to Jesus.
Would you pray with me? I'd like to ask you to bow your heads wherever you are so you can have a private moment to hear in the Lord. Everything in life should lead us to Jesus. And until you recognize that, you haven't really experienced true life. Their heads bowed, their eyes perhaps closed, not even looking at the screen perhaps. I want to ask you, is Jesus part of your life? We're all going to die. It could be the coronavirus, it could be cancer, it could be a car accident, we're all going to die. And the question is, where do you go when you die? And the answer is, so you can know, beyond a shadow of doubt, if you made a reservation for heaven through Jesus Christ. He died for our sins. He rose from the grave. He conquered death. He proved what he said was true. And he invites you to invite him to come into your life by saying, Lord Jesus, please save me. And he will. Lord, we ask you to save us. And the most important way to save us is to save us for all eternity. But also, we pray for you to save us temporally now. We recognize we need you, and we cry out to you, Lord, save us. In your beautiful name we pray. Amen. Thanks, Pastor Perry, for that amazing word. Church family, it's been great to be together today. So glad you joined in with us. And just want to remind you that we will be doing this again next Sunday, live, 10.15. Make sure to tune in at the same time. And if you can't make 10.15, uh, the video recording will stay in our Facebook newsfeed, so you can always watch it later or again. You can also listen to the audio podcast uh, with podcast with Stitcher, or you can go to our church website and listen to it that way. Uh, but make sure to stay connected. We'll be keeping things fresh with Facebook, with emails, with Instagram. And for those of you uh, with kids, we have the Sunday School lesson, just a couple down, couple posts down in our newsfeed. Uh, make sure to click on that. It's a four-minute fun video for you with a Bible verse. Uh, I'd like to close uh, just with a, a benediction from Romans 15, verse 13. So would you receive this, church family? Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Love you, church. See you again.